we're back. <laughs> a long-awaited return. <laughs> right when the world had given up hope, <laughs> we come storming back in. And, and the world barricades its doors and says, no, thank you. Yeah. We, we got enough going on. It loses hope completely. That's nice. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone, to the light that breaks planets. The light that shines within. <laughs> um, we're, we're, uh, we're back. We're, we're ready to go. We're better than ever. I'm better than ever. <laughs> How are you? Uh. <laughs> Let's give us some updates, Sunshine. Um, what's been going on with you since we last recorded a, an episode? <laughs> you don't have to tell us everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, I Creatively, I have been working on a little, little comic called... Uh, with my crows we discussed it briefly before yeah uh it is going it is going uh it's something it's something yeah (laughs) i have the outline and finish and i i have started on like the like the rough sketches right now all right cool you were drawing a crow the other day Mm mm-hmm and it looked fabulous. And then you started drawing a Native American woman. Mm-hmm. And, of course, your spatial yeah. awareness. And anybody who knows you, who's watched you just interact with the physical world, <laughs> understands that your physical awareness is, is lacking. Yeah. So they ended up right next to each other and appearing as if either the Native American woman was killing the crow or riding on its back and i couldn't decide which but Mm -hmm. i thought it was a beautiful accident (laughs) that sort of metaphor yes (laughs) um you've also uh started college Mm -hmm. and you're studying graphic design and you don't want to study graphic design no it's not good not good for (laughs) me other people good not for me (laughs) Okay. What about graphic design isn't for you? It's mostly, I thought it would be more about the creative side, and it's mostly about, like, layouts. And just so far, I don't, like, put, it's it's like telling, it's basically like saying, hey, put this here on a page, and this will go here, and this will go here. And uh-huh. it's not about, like, the actual art, and it's not about the drawing side, which is what I want to do. I see. Um, so it, it is graphic design. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's well, about design. I didn't yeah. think too far ahead, apparently. <laughs> but that's okay. Because I, I think that's a really interesting, you know, side of it. You know, in my realm of uh, either music or photography... Mm-hmm. You know, you, you deal with those things. Um, instead of saying design, you'd say compose, such as I'm going to compose a photograph. And some art can go into it. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people are really concentrated on on sometimes arbitrary and silly things, such as in photography, there's a very popular concept called the rule of thirds. Yeah. And I don't know if that happens in graphic design or if there's something similar to that. It does. Okay. So adhering to that rule of thirds can sometimes, quite often, you know, create a a lovely uh, photograph. Um, And sometimes it has nothing to do with what makes, (laughs) you know, a great photo. And even if the rule of thirds is adhered to, it is not what made the photograph great. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so that goes to what you're kind of speaking to. You want to be more involved in what made the photograph or the piece of art or the graphic design great, which is the art in it, not necessarily that it adhered to these design or composition rules. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't like rules. <laughs> they bog me down. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm always a proponent of learn the rules so you can break them. Mm-hmm. The old adage. Um, but I understand that completely in most realms of what I do, either in music or photography, I'm self-taught. And by self-taught, I also mean I watch a lot of YouTube tutorials and I read a lot of, you know, blogs, articles, and books. And, you know, just right here under these cameras right here is a a wonderful book of um, uh, portrait photography of, you know, an amazing photographer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just... So I learned more just by looking at the photographs, you know, than by, than if I read that person, you know, reading or, or if they wrote an instructional manual or something like that. I'd rather just look at their photographs and be like, hmm, yeah, I see. But, you know, everybody learns in different ways. So yeah. there's no, there's no wrong way about it. But, uh, but anyway, I can sympathize. Um, I can, um, if I were to give any words of wisdom, which, as we all know, is not a thing <laughs> coming from me, um, you know, I would always, you know, tell people just like, stick with the thing that you're not comfortable with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this 12 albums in 12 months thing. Yeah. And... Um, it would be very easy for me to pump out 12 albums of things that I just, I already know how to do and I already do it well. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, I've been challenging myself and sometimes, you know, the songwriting I'm already, maybe I'm very comfortable writing a piece of music of any style. Really. I've worked with people of all different styles, rap, rock, you know, folk, country, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to school, it was for classical composition. So I'm just comfortable working in any of these ways. However, there's a production side where the uh, the way that I'm producing the music, what haven't I tried yet? What haven't I explored yet as far as, you know, cr- crafting the sound and, the, and, and, and everything? So anyway, yeah. um, that's been a fun adventure. It's been sometimes a comedy of errors but uh it's pushing me to learn a lot and and some of the things that i've been learning is like uh or or relearning the obvious um such as um if if you so so if you have a, a piece of music and and all these elements of it so I got saxophones and trumpets and guitars and bass and drums and vocals and all these things what what most of us forget and I forget it all the time is if all those things sound amazing individually mm-hmm. they they might not sound great together does that make sense yeah so I actually have to take away some of the richness. Or the let's just call it the goodness of of each of these things, oftentimes, to make everything cooperate and sound good as a whole, and that's been something that uh, I've probably always struggled with. But doing this project has actually really helped me grow leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. I think in that in that way. In case in case the people don't know, what's your project? Oh, so. It's 12 albums in 12 months. It's so I, I write, record, and release an album every single month and for 12 months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm trying to do them in different styles or genres or, or, or just influences or something, you know, like I'm so uh, given examples of like the last few albums I did kind of um, there's no movie, so it's not really a movie f- soundtrack, but it was written to be what would be like a sci-fi movie soundtrack. Very moody, kind of dark-sounding, orchestrated, you know, uh, uh, music. Um, very kind of atonal, a lot of it. Um, and then I moved right into a shoegaze rock album that was supposed to 
be beautiful, distorted music, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and and very poppy. Um, and then I moved right into a what was inspired by, but I can't say that it sounds or or I I don't even know if it would make it into the genre, but it was inspired by the genre of trip hop. Mm-hmm. And what I ended up taking a lot of influences from were movie and film sound like low budget movie and TV soundtracks of the 70s. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people were made these comparisons to like Charlie's Angels and things like that, even though I honestly don't even can't even remember what a Charlie's Angels soundtrack sounds like. But <laughs> but, I, you know, it's I was thinking more of these kind of like spy and kung fu movies that uh, I still love watching today from the 70s mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's a uh, you know it's half instrumental and half songs, and right now, uh, I'm working on a blues nice. album, and um, I've got most of the material written, and hopefully today I'm actually going to start recording the first notes. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm excited for this one. I think you'll like some of it. I think uh, I've only written, some of it. Yeah, uh, okay. you know, I mean, I can't, I'm never going to guarantee everybody's going to like everything, because that's silly. But uh, but I think if you're a fan of the blues and a fan of kind of like um, not the pretty side, mm-hmm. you know, not 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 the not the modern beautifully pr- produced version of the blues. Yeah, but an older, grittier version of the blues um and uh i was sharing some lyrics with somebody recently and um they were like wow that's you know that's that's sad i was like well it is the blues (laughs) but it wasn't actually meant to be sad but what was it that particular song which is called joan of arc Mm um i found myself and I, and I was talking to this person about it. I found myself starting to write in this kind of like old, violent Old Testament language. So taking this Old Testament preacher language, but uh, using it to excuse violence, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, my songs are never meant to promote anything. They're never meant to either take, they're never meant to take sides. My music yeah. doesn't take sides. So, scum. Yeah. <laughs> However, the characters within the songs might take a side. Mm-hmm. And they always do, actually. So, but I'm not those characters. Yeah. You know, um, it would be... You try to see the good in everybody. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> or the bad. Or the bad. <laughs> I mean, I am trying to explore the 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 bad in in some of these Mm -hmm. uh song lyrics and um i mean in that way you know you can't understand another person's perspective until you've explored it Mm -hmm. so if you're not willing to go there you know then uh then you're never gonna get it yeah so that is part of the reason I, I enjoy songwriting, or or we can just call it fiction mm-hmm. writing, because you get to explore characters and you get to uh, um, uh, take sides without taking sides, I guess. Yeah. You know, and say um, th- this is has nothing to do with my album. I'm just taking an extreme example, but you know, if you were to write, to, actually, a great example of this would have been maybe the movie Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. You know, a movie from the perspective of a Nazi youth. Yeah. Somebody who just loves and idolizes Hitler. But we're all on that kid's side. And we yeah. all love that kid. And we want the best for him. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a perfect example of it. Where you just... Uh, um, none of us like Nazis yeah. still. But we love those characters in that movie. We love every single one of them. They're mm-hmm. such great characters. And I think that's a really beautiful and important thing to remember and realize all the time is that you can hate the sin and not the sinner and you can love people even when they differ from you 
completely and they side with things that you are that you find abhorrent and Sonny's staring at me like no I can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that a movie is one thing like it is it is supposed to be this satire uh, <clears throat> and like this whole hate the sin, love the sinner thing. I don't, I don't vibe with that because <laughs> it is abhorrent to me that anyone would like say vote for Trump. Like you are actively investing in someone who is trying to take people's rights away, and that is not okay. And that's not okay. And if you're siding with that, then I can't really find anything that is like I can't I can't I can't find a kind of straw to clutch to, you know? Yeah, but you know, isn't that just just that one sided? So you know, I bring this up a lot with people. You know, I, I have so many. You know, I I I grew up and I still affiliate with mostly conservative Christian people. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to claim myself as one of them, although I've completely abandoned that moniker and um, I just see, you know, all the pitfalls that come along with being a part of that group, Mm -hmm. um, especially uh, politically and socially. But I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because I still see that all these people, and not all of them are Trump supporters, and I'm not trying to say that, I'm just saying all these uh, people that is a group that I don't affiliate with politically or, or make myself a part of politically, um, you know, they're still all wonderful people. And, you know, it is complicated. And, I, and, and there's so much gray there. Mm-hmm. Because the people I know, you know, um, let's just take LGBTQ rights. Yeah. The people that I know who would vote against certain of those rights that, that we might be talking about or might want to champion, they also are the people who I've seen help LGBTQ people more than anybody else. Um, so so that, that's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing and, and I don't want to bring up specific examples because I don't want to you know <laughs> um, uh, highlight people who might not want to be highlighted but um, I've seen it time and time again where extremely conservative people that might have voted you know against gay marriage or things like that help gay people get married mm-hmm. you know help them financially help them you know, pay their rent, help them, you know, when they're transitioning from one sex to another, they're, they're there helping and supporting and, and, and loving and caring, even if they don't support. So they're doing what I just said. They, they might consider those things, quote unquote, sins, mm-hmm. but they're loving the sinner, quote unquote, <laughs> all right, even when they don't support the sin. So I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's a great thing, and it's it's something that uh, that I can support, no matter what side it is, you know, because I can always find good in people, mm-hmm. even when I disagree with this point, that point, that point. People are so multifaceted. To try and reduce them to this one opinion they have, to me, is is really destructive. I know you feel that way, but to me, it's not really... To me, like, apple juice is better than orange juice. That's an opinion. Saying, oh, I don't want uh, uh, you to have the right to get married to whoever ever you want. That isn't an opinion. That is just, like, trying, just getting in the way of someone's happiness. It, and, and you and I agree on that. Yeah. We are on the same page. So, no argument there. Um, you know, my only argument would be those people have other things about them 
<laughs> you know, they're not just that one thing. Um, and I think that's the beautiful thing about storytelling, about about fiction, and about satire, and about drama, and about, um, you know, one of my favorite uh, genres is the tragedy. And the master of the tragedy is Shakespeare. And he makes us care and be really invested in um, these characters who are meeting a tragic end. What makes it a tragedy? Would it be a tragedy if that person were just evil? No, it's a tragedy because they're actually a good person. But they have this flaw that ends up being their downfall. It ends up being the ruin of everything that they would have done that is good and beautiful and and wonderful. So that's what makes a tragedy a tragedy is that one flaw. But that person is still somebody that we side with. We're still we're we're saddened and we and we have epiphany at the end of the play because we loved this character so much, and we didn't want them to fall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm still like that. You know, I'm not calling everybody that I disagree with politically a tragic figure. I'm just saying that um, in that similar way, mm-hmm. I can relate to, love, hope the best for other people who are actively doing things that I personally completely disagree with and find abhorrent okay yeah but you know (laughs) to me it's like it's not that we have a difference in opinion it's that we have a difference in morality and i can't really side with anyone who would say oh like let's let's build a wall let's let's not let any mexicans in into into our our country have you met a mexican (laughs) That's a joke. <laughs> a bad one, but it is a joke. Yeah, you know, I, I I get it, and and you know, those those people will cite all these other reasons, you know, why they want, and and you and I are just preaching to the choir with each other. Yeah, you know, um, and and uh, but you know, it's a. Uh, um, it's where we're at. I'm not a fear monger, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm not sympathizing with people who are in danger of losing rights and privileges and things like that because I, I'm not and I'm, and I, but however, I don't see, um, You know, people say it every election. Mm -hmm. This is the election that defines us as a nation, as a, you know, this, that, and the other. And they very well could be right. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a doomsayer because I see the political process as, and, and, and I know that there are lots of consequences, such as, you know, right now we have a 6-3 imbalance in the, in the Supreme Court. Yeah. So I recognize things like that. I understand that, and I'm and I and I don't want anybody to think I'm ignorant of these things. Mm-hmm. However, the great thing about America is that everything's reversible. Mm-hmm. Everything is fixable. Everything can be undone, redone. You know all these things. So, say Trump wins the next election, and. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, it's going to be the end of the world, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, in an interesting conversation, my parents felt the same way about Bill Clinton being elected. Mm-hmm. They thought the whole country was going to go down in ruins and everything like that. You know, and I had a very honest, open conversation with, with my mother one time about this. And this was when Obama was elected and and and, and my, my dad just being, you know, super conservative that he is, you know, he was really upset about it and he mm-hmm. didn't want Obama to be president and uh, so I asked my and I was talking to my mother on the phone about it and it, it was election night when Obama first became president and I asked her 
well, how did you guys feel when Clinton was president, became president? She's like, oh, same thing, you know. It's like we just really felt like, oh no, the you know country's gonna go crash. And I asked her, well, um, as if the country already isn't crashing. <laughs> well, I asked her. I said, how how was it really? Mm-hmm. She's like, I mean, we were fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was her exact phrase. And so <clears throat> that is, and I. Fully recognize not everybody's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We were kind of talking about more economically. Yeah. And under Bill Clinton, the country was gangbusters economically. You know, we, we did fantastic. And Bill Clinton passed on a the Clinton administration and, and that Congress, which was a conservative Congress, but that administration and that Congress passed on a surplus to George W. Bush when he took office. So, you know, it was, the country was, did great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can do that under anybody. And I think we can, we can work on civil rights and we can, we can work on, you know, uh, uh, LGBTQ rights under, uh, under any administration. We can make positive moves forward. It's not the end of the world if somebody is or isn't president. And after that person leaves office, the next president comes in, they can, you know, we can keep, you know, we just keep moving forward, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so that's why I'm just not a doomsayer. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, no, this guy or this person or that person. It's like, eh, we'll get through it. (laughs) We'll be okay eventually. As long as we adopt a socialist government, yes. <laughs> well, we haven't done that yet, and I don't know if uh, if we ever will. Um, we and can always I'm not, hope. And, and I'm not necessarily a proponent of that. Um, I'm not uncomfortable with certain socialist aspects either. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the things that we call socialism, and a lot of the countries that we look to. As examples, of, and they're not really socialists. They just have a benevolent healthcare system. Yeah, you know, but they're not really socialist, com- you know, countries. Yeah. So I'm not scared of any of of that, and I'm not one of these extremists who, you know, if somebody starts talking about healthcare for all, I'm like, oh, demon socialists, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And if somebody starts talking about, you know, free market, I'm not, oh, demon. <laughs> You know, a capitalist. <laughs> well, if if if, if health care for all makes me a demon, call me the devil. <laughs> it works in other countries, and so I don't see why it wouldn't work here in what we refer to as the greatest country in the world. If mm-hmm. we're so great, I you know, we can probably take care of each other. We can yeah. probably do a better job of take, ca- taking care of each other. America is a third world country wrapped in a trench coat. Let's be real. <laughs> you haven't been to a third world country, my dear. <laughs> I mean, wait, <laughs> do some traveling <laughs> and then come back. Just the 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 line between like the, the hugely imp- huge poverty mass us that we have. And then and the, and these huge one percenters with like the the space between is just ridiculous. Oh yeah, and that space is growing throughout the world. So mm-hmm. it's not just an American. It's not uniquely American. Mm-hmm. This problem. Um, the richest, the quote-unquote richest nations in the world are the richest because their 1% is the richest. It's not because across the board everybody has all this money. Yeah. Um, And interestingly, the United States doesn't even crack the top 10, I don't think, currently, Mm -hmm. of richest nations in the world. Um, And that's just, we're talking about per capita people have this much money. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, smaller nations have an advantage of being called the richest nation in the world if they're so. And these are like the oil countries and you know things like so. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> pardon me. However, 
having lived in some third, second, and third world conditions myself, mm-hmm. I can uphold the idea that being poor in America is way better than being poor most other places. <laughs> and that's not 100% true of every place in the world. But, uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying it's great to be poor under any circumstance. I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to be poor, this is a pretty good place to be poor, uh, you know, despite not having perfect health care and welfare systems and stuff like that. We do a pretty good job of making sure people are taken care of. It's not perfect. we got a long lot of room for improvement, but... I uh, completely disagree with you. <laughs> and you're allowed. Yeah. <laughs> In what ways do we, do we not take care of our poor adequately? Like say like a lot of out of places in America we don't like they don't have running water, they don't have of of adequate plumbing systems, mm-hmm. systems like it isn't like when we think of that kind of thing we think of like like real like like, like Africa we think of like like South America. America, but it's not true because it's in our own backyard and people people like look away and they don't want to want to hear about it. That's true, and and so no argument there, but um, those are the extreme cases, right? The extreme cases are a lot of people. I, I'm not arguing that. Um, Percentage-wise, you know, we have probably less extreme cases of poverty than most places, and... You know, we should be doing stuff to help people everywhere. You know, uh, we went to, let's see, Shannon, you know, and and, uh, Adriana and Rainbow and I went to one of these BLM rallies. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I was really struck with is that they, they kept talking over and over about not wanting a handout. And this was, you know, these were all, you know, black members of our community yeah, and just up there talking and speaking and preaching. And there was a lot of preaching because there's a lot of pastors who were up there and over and over and over again, they were saying, we don't want a handout. We don't want a hand up. We just want the same opportunity as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I, you know, 110% agree we can do a better job of making sure everybody has equal opportunity mm-hmm. to success, to upward mobility, to all these things. Um, and most of these steps kind of fall under the radar. You know, we don't, nec- unless you're in it, such as your mother has worked for the city government for the last four or five years or something. Yeah. Um, and she has seen the changes in the protocol, in the, in the, uh, um, the dialogue, in the verbiage that everybody's using. So she sees all the changes and sometimes she's like, wow, it's a, it's a bit much, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because it's, you know, maybe if you're already on the side it can feel like overkill, mm-hmm. you know, like you're being preached at, you know, um, when you already agree. Yeah. Uh, so, but she's seeing and she's witnessing the changes. So sometimes maybe we're not seeing the changes because if you watch the news, you you, you see the bad news. Bad news makes the news. Mm-hmm. But the changes that are happening in local governments around the country we're probably not privy to all the good changes that are happening mm-hmm. all the time. So anyway, in that respect, I, it just gives me a lot of hope. I was like, okay, this is a conversation that's happening. It's growing. It's moving forward. Um, you know, uh, your mother just got a new job, actually. And going into that interview process, they didn't want to know her previous salary. Mm-hmm. Because it was an equity thing, it's like we don't want to know your previous salary. 
because we don't want that to we want people to come in basically as a blank slate whether you're male female oftentimes males will be coming in with a higher salary applying yeah. for a job you know things like that so knock all that out of the way so if you're a male or a female you're on equal footing to get the same salary for the same job mm-hmm. so there's just a lot of these types of changes going on and uh so i and and these changes happening under a president that you and I don't like, we don't like his policies, we don't like his attitudes, we don't like his verbiage, we don't like his, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But still positive change is happening under that president. Not because of him, but despite him. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean when I say I have hope. I don't, I'm not a doomsayer. I know we're going to get through it. I know we're going to keep getting better. Yeah. No matter who is the top tweeter <laughs> as he's colloquially known colloquially known the president in tweet <laughs> i called him another word that starts with tw the other day oh. and uh your mother took uh took umbrage to it she's like that's not respectful toward women and i was like well you're right i was i wasn't meaning that i was meaning to be disrespectful toward him but you know <laughs> you can't say anything these days. You just can't say anything. You, you know? can say plenty. Just don't be you're terrible. Well, you're terrible no matter what you say. No matter what you say. Well, let me let me say it another way. You can't be derogatory these days. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, the the humanity. Yeah, you can't be derogatory toward the uh, the unprotected. Mm-hmm. And the underrepresented today. What's up with that? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> what what happened to comedy? <laughs> <laughs> We've evolved, Daddy. You know, comedy is great in in multiple aspects, but normally I enjoy it the most when mm-hmm. it pokes fun at either at power, yeah, or at. The underrepresented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta say, that's when I think it's the funniest. I think it's the funniest when it pokes, pokes at power. Yeah. Because, like, I don't think it's very funny when you're laughing at the little guy. You know, I just, I just think it's mean. Well, you know, everybody's the little guy at some point. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jeff Bezos has always been such a minority. <laughs> he is. He's in the one percent. That is a minority. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> I mean, uh, people with that kind of money—that's a minority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the that's who we should really be sticking up. That's for. right. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <coughs> pardon me. I'm a little dry throat. So. But, oh, I was going to say about, about comedy, you know, I, I just, comedy is supposed to undermine whoever it's about. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. So self-referential comedy, I'm undermining myself. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just think anybody's fair game. Mm-hmm. Anybody's fair game for a laugh. And if you're not fair game for a laugh, maybe you need to examine yourself and wonder and ask yourself why aren't i fair game for a laugh is that because you know they're they're so wrong or is it because i'm so Mm self-righteous you know i don't think it's that nobody's that everybody's not fair game for a laugh i think it's more or just the intent behind it and i think a lot of these these big comedians don't have a very nice intent i think that they that could be true. Yeah. That could be true. I, I can't measure somebody's intent, you know, uh, all the time. Um, I know that certain comedians who have been, you know, really taken to task by the PC police. Mm-hmm. These are people who have always championed, you know, the thing that these people want to represent, the PC police want to represent. Yeah. You know, um <sighs> I hate to use him as an example because he's kind of like an extreme example, but somebody like a Bill Maher. Okay. 
who is absolutely in support of the Democrat platform, but will get all this rebuff from the PC police on the Democratic side because he tells jokes. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's a calloused and mean person. <laughs> he is a calloused and mean person sometimes. But he's also, if you're talking about intent, the whole intent of his show, the mm-hmm. whole intent of his, uh, you know, I can't say for every joke and every comedy, every stand-up performance he's ever said, but the whole intent of, you know, his persona is to elevate a liberal, progressive agenda mm-hmm. and to call it out when it's not living up to its uh, its its fundamental foundations. Mm-hmm. You can disagree with his opinions on that, and that's totally fine. And I do. Yeah. But his intent, I don't know if we can argue his intent, but we can definitely argue the the manner in which he goes about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I personally, you know, I don't want, I, I, I do and I don't watch his show regularly. I'll, I'll watch like a, a highlight clip of yeah. his show on YouTube or whatever. And it, 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 it really irks me how much I agree with him. <laughs> it really, you know, you know, when you don't want to agree with somebody because of their personality, sure. but you're just like, yeah, but you know, he's right. <laughs> you know, and that's a real problem with uh, with somebody like like Bill Maher. Um, so I I will sometimes find myself defending him, and I'm just like, why am I defending this person? I don't really like him, <laughs> but he makes lots of valid points, and and I am on his side as far as the PC police becoming this authoritarian regime. Sorry, we were interrupted. But uh, what I was saying was, I am on his side when it comes to this PC police becoming this authoritarian regime that is, you know, oftentimes trying to ruin people's lives because they didn't like a joke they told. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And there's people who are the most benign comedians out there. Somebody like a Jerry Seinfeld. This guy doesn't do political comedy. This guy doesn't do, you know, he doesn't pick on him. He's not a mean-spirited comic. He's not any of those things. He's also not funny. <laughs> I, would, I think I disagree. calling, him a, I I think like calling him. him a comic is stretching it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jerry Seinfeld. He's, he's not my favorite comic but mm. I, I I love him and I love his uh, um, his thing but uh, and I love his show comedians and cards getting coffee I love yeah. it when they talk about craft of com- you know comedy craft and everything and, and uh, so anyway I love all that um, however but e- even he has come out and said you know he, he doesn't want to do college campuses anymore mm-hmm. which used to be like a haven for comedians, you know? All these enlightened souls who want to come out and, and get a laugh. Well, now these enlightened souls are more kind of brainwashed souls. And they're refusing to even, like, read sometimes the literature that, uh, that I, as an English major, mm-hmm. you know, would have read and studied. You know, because it's not PC enough. It's like, well, this wasn't written in a PC time. So if you're going to use that standard for everything, we have to restart the earth. Boop. (laughs) And we can't do that. Oh, we're trying. (laughs) We can't do that. I mean, that's, that's a Nazi attitude. Burn the books. Erase history. Because it doesn't agree with what we want to promote today. We're not trying to erase history, Daddy. We're trying to see, show how history was wrong. And, and I know you know this, but... But you don't do that by not reading it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't do that by saying, I don't want to study this book because it's not politically correct. I don't want to, you know... Uh, I, I, I don't want to read Mark Twain because he used the N-word. 
it's like, well, then you are a book burner. I mean, how else can you say it? How else can you describe it? These were the books that made us who we are, for better or for worse. So if you're not willing to interact with them, whether it is to embrace them for the literary genius with which they were written, or critique them for the ignorance that they promoted, or both, and every little thing in between, then it's going to be really difficult to have a conversation, a rational conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really difficult for anybody to call themselves enlightened if you don't read the books. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a staunch supporter in like getting news from both sides. It's making sure you have the full story. Like, uh, I wouldn't... I wouldn't get news from Breitbart, say, but I would. Uh, <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not news. That's not news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, people were. Uh, it's like Infowars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people have constantly been amazed, and I don't even think they believed me uh-huh. when Shep Smith was an anchor on Fox News. Yeah. And I would tell them, actually, I don't really watch CNN, MSNBC. I actually watch. Fox News. <laughs> Only because I'd watch Shep Smith. If I really wanted to know the facts of a story, I could count on Shep Smith to be delivering the facts of the story mm-hmm. without bias. Okay. And I could depend on him. So, and, and there's, and I don't know, you might have seen these before actually. There's plenty of great YouTube clips of Shep Smith, you know. Count, contradicting other personalities. I don't want to call them news anchors because they're not that. They're personalities yeah. on Fox News. And him saying, the official position of this network is this, and it is in complete contradiction to what somebody like a Hannity is mm-hmm. saying on their show. Because that's not news. That is... That's Infowars. Yeah. That's, that's all that is. So, so I love a guy like Shep Smith. And actually now he's on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, You're just following your buddy. Well, you know, I actually haven't seen a show on MSNBC oh, no. yet. Because I have been really just kind of avoiding. You know, I'm not avoiding the news. Mm-hmm. I'm not avo- it's, it's impossible to avoid. But I'm trying not... We're too close to an election yeah. to pay too much attention because all you're seeing out there on either side is conspiracy theory mm-hmm. to try and delude you know, the other you know, candidate. So at this point in the game, it's almost, it's almost, it's just tuning into nonsense half the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, somebody, a friend of mine on, on Facebook or whatever said, why aren't people talking more about such and such news story? And I very politely just said, it's because it's a fraudulent news story. It's not news. It's a, just a fraudulent story. And sometimes a news network doesn't know what to do with that. Why should they report on it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But they're forced to report on it now because it's being passed along so much Yeah. On, on social media. So now they have to report on it and say it's not real. And that's all the reporting that there is to do on a story, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes is to say it's not real. This, was, this started with somebody doing a tweet that was their conspiracy theory tweet, and it got passed on and passed on and passed on and passed on. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my main point with that is just to say, I already decided who I'm voting for. I don't need all the conspiracy nonsense. So right now, I've just been kind of sitting back. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> um, with everything going on in the Supreme Court and, or, or and such, I don't know if that's, that's the best plan. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew that was going through. Mm-hmm. What's the point in following it? 
you know, that's kind of like, you know, sitting up all night, you know, to see if the sun's going to rise, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I knew they were going to force that through. It did. Yeah. So what's the point in following? What's the point in watching it? What's the point in all this stuff? I already knew who she was. I knew who the, 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 the Republican Senate was. You know, I know who Lindsey Graham is, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and he's shown his colors. Mm-hmm. So we know who these people are. We know what they stand for. So what's the point in dragging it out and torturing myself? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I I had this um, imaginary idea of being able to talk to Lindsey Graham the other day. <laughs> okay. It was the other week. And I just wanted to ask him one question. Does the ghost of John McCain haunt you? <laughs> I, I just want to know. Mm-hmm. I just want to know. When he's out golfing with, with, with Trump, does the ghost of John McCain come to you at night? haunt your dreams (laughs) I would love that Mm -hmm. I would love it if John McCain came to him one night and said you will be visited by three spirits (laughs) you know (laughs) I mean because 10 years ago I liked Lindsey Graham yeah he seemed like a really good guy okay you know seemed like yeah and I'm and once again to our previous conversation maybe in a lot of ways he is in the sense that he stands for what's right no matter what, when he doesn't have somebody like John McCain to lead the way and, 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 and hold the torch, mm-hmm. he's shown himself to be quite spineless. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know so, so anyway, I, I, would just, I would just love that. And I was actually wondering, who would the three spirits be? And I decided uh, the, the ghost of America past would be Abraham Lincoln, because he was assassinated. I, I just think that's important. He was, initially, I thought George Washington. However, I think Abraham Lincoln, he's a Republican that was assassinated for being liberal, basically. Yeah. There's no way, there's no two ways about it. He was too liberal of a president, so they killed him. I wouldn't say he was too liberal of a president, but maybe they thought so. At the time. Yeah. He wanted to free slaves. He wanted to give away land. He was giving uh, all kinds of money to universities and colleges and to the railroads so they could build and expand an educated America. Mm. Liberalism at its worst. So that would be the ghost of, of, uh, of the past. And, and the ghost of America present, that was a tricky one. Mm-hmm. That was a tricky one. I was trying to think, okay, who would that be? But I came up with it. Herman Cain. Okay. <laughs> Died from contracting COVID at, at a Trump rally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there we go. There's our ghost of America present. The ghost of America future. Mm-hmm. Who do you think that should be? Uh, you know, I always want to say Bernie Sanders. Because <laughs> I'm just hoping. I'm still hoping. <laughs> so, um, for me, the ghost of America future mm-hmm. was going to be an amalgamation of every black guy who was shot by a cop wearing a hoodie. Yeah. Not the cop wearing a hoodie. They were wearing the the, the black guy wearing I a got hoodie that, was shot. Yes. Yeah. I just want to make sure. <laughs> and that's perfect. The black guy with the hoodie is the ghost of America future. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I hope that didn't sound racist. That just sounded to me like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. This is you know uh, the progressive future of America is. Uh... So anyway, that that's what I came up with. I only thought about this for like five minutes in the car, but mm-hmm. this, this, was, this was my genius idea. And then I realized what I was thinking about, and I thought, why am I thinking about this? Why have I put this much thought into it? This much effort. <laughs> I just really, you know, more than anything, more than, more than wanting people to agree with me, because I honestly don't. Mm-hmm. I want people to agree with themselves. Mm-hmm. So when they say they are pro- a proponent of this ideal, to then follow through with it 
when push comes to shove. Mm -hmm. So that's my beef with somebody like a Lindsey Graham. It's my beef with, honestly, most politicians, right? But, but, you know, for somebody to sit there and say, use my words against me, (laughs) you know, and then a couple of years later be like... The exact thing happens and, yeah. Who? I don't know. That's all I want in in people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're going to if you're gonna say you love Jesus, then make sure you know what Jesus said and stood for. Yeah, make sure a, you make sure you're you're also a, a cool hippie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know. Make sure that extends to all parts of your your life, or at least try to. You know, we're all gonna fail, mm-hmm. but at least try. Yeah. You know. Um, somebody posted this beautiful picture the other day, and it was this house with a banner, and it just said, um, "Trump 2020, f your feelings." Mm-hmm. Below it was a statue of Jesus. I kid you not. Right below. <laughs> That banner yeah. that they hung. It was a beautiful, ornate statue of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of inconsistency that I can't stand, but I adore. Yeah. I mean. Jesus Jesus would have been a Bernie fan. I'm saying it now. <laughs> well, you know, for... Um, I commented on that post. I said, I am not offended by this Uh i am impressed by how well they communicated conservative christian politics today Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i mean if anything i've ever seen in my life really encapsulated the conservative christian movement of today it was that photograph (laughs) (laughs) i I was I just <laughs> I can't say I disagree. <laughs> so I loved it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. All right. So what's coming up next for you, Sonny? What's uh, as as we wrap up our time here? What's on the agenda for you? What can we expect to see from Sonny Milliman? <laughs> right now, I am learning Osage, and I hope to get better at that. Because it is hard. It, it's not like a Latin-rooted language, so I don't have those like strings to pull on. Okay. On so it's. Are you learning this for your book project? Book project. Your your. Oh no. No. Okay. No. This is just. This is for me, baby. This is just random pastime. Yeah. And what prompted this? Uh, I've been getting into our family history lately. Yeah. And so that's why I want. Yeah. To bring out. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, just tell us what you learned about our family history that made you want to do this. Uh, so I've been learning a lot. Uh, <laughs> I think I know more about mom's side just because uh, she is really into family history. And uh, I've read for to you lots of my family history. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I, just in general, I think I yeah. know more about mom's side. Because Especially the recent family history. Exactly. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But and so I don't know as much about your side. So I was talking to you about, about it uh, yeah. a little, little bit, and uh, I know that we have native blood, uh, and I didn't know what tribe. So I was asking you about that. So lately, I've been in uh, doing a lot of research into that. Uh, and to be clear, it's not because our ancestors were native. It's because our ancestors drank the blood of the natives <laughs> oh, when Jesus. they stole their land. <laughs> It's not true. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. All of our ancestors were good friends with natives. They were not. They were not native killers. Oh boy. <laughs> I just thought that was funny because the opposite is true. Uh huh. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> oh, we like to have fun too. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't remember what I was saying, but basically, I. Uh, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about like our our ancestors and like we have a lot like uh, grandpa also has like German roots so I've been looking into like German German history and uh, just like just skip the 30s and 40s yeah just skip that era. 
Okay. That that doesn't. Yeah. That, that's not a great side uh, to, uh, to them. Uh, but I've been like 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 way back like like Germanic tribes and things. It's really it's interesting, interesting history. Yeah. yeah. Um, the amount of deep history that you know, obviously everybody has, but you know. Um, that we can now find is just incredible Mm -hmm. and uh um it's never been a better time to to do that kind of research yeah um but that that's awesome um what we we should probably have this conversation in, in in the next episode so in the next episode i'm gonna start quizzing sunny about what the what why how She's interested in our family heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll save that for next time. But for now, we should probably bid everyone adieu after our long political rants. <laughs> it's been great, everybody. <laughs> All right, Sunny. Till next time. Until next time. <laughs>